This is Paul Adamson, and I'm in conversation with John Higgins. John Higgins is the Director General of Digital Europe, which represents the digital technology industry in Europe, with around 60 corporate members and 35 national trade associations. John, we're going to start by talking about the digital single market, of course. And its strategy unveiled by the European Commission back in May this year. What excites you about the strategy, or is it largely uh, old wine and new bottles? I think the best way to look at the strategy is that it's digital turning the heat up on the challenges that we've had to uh, here in Europe to have a, a really functioning internal market or single market. And um, so it's not really, it's not uh, old wine in new bottles, but it, it's rather that uh, the continuing opportunity of a single market for Europe is now uh, even more obvious to us in the digital era. So why has not such a strategy succeeded in the past and why are we so optimistic in Europe now? I'm not sure we are optimistic, are we, Paul? But anyway, the, <laughs> um, I, I, I think uh, to have a functioning single market requires uh, all of our member states to want to be in a single market and that brings its own pressures, doesn't it? So because um, you, know, you think about many things that people do in a group they say, I'd be very happy with the group's rules, as long as they're very like my rules. And so I think the real challenges of um, a single market in anything are that um, people like the idea of a single market, but they're quite wedded to their own national ways of doing things. And changing those national ways of doing things takes time, and you have to take a lot of people with you. So I think digital will make it more obvious to people in the member states that there will be benefits from having a single market. Um, so, so I think it's not. So, I think digital will make it more obvious to people that there are benefits to a single market, and that's what I hope will cause us to make faster progress towards a single market in Europe than we might have been able to do in the past. Okay, the uh, the strategy apparently has three so-called pillars, uh, and under those pillars, sixteen action points. We can't cover all those sixteen action points in the time available to us, but let's pick out maybe a couple, such as platforms. First of all, tell me. What is a platform and what is the Commission trying to do with it? Well, um, maybe a, another way of looking at that is to say the reason that I think people get excited by that, this idea of um, platforms is that digital causes disruption. And, and people then look to, to ask themselves, well, what's, what's going on with this disruption? I mean, if you... If we think back a few years, it was uh, travel agents being um, disrupted by the fact that you could now go to um, sort of aggregated travel sites and then estate agents. I mean, it's been the nature of um, the internet and digital technologies to disrupt industries. And um, but disruption and change, when you're being changed, um, can be painful. I mean, it, it's, uh, that's why we see the taxi drivers on the streets here in Brussels. It's because they are being disrupted. Their livelihood is being threatened. And people then look to say, well, what is it that's co what is causing this disruption and what can we do about it? And uh, I, I think um, this, the whole um, examination of platforms is a way of saying, what, what, how is our industry... How are our industries being disrupted and what can we do about it? And I, I think that's the, the right way to approach it, is to, to, is to look at this in terms of the disruption that's being caused and uh, what are the causes about it and what can we do about it. And I hope that 
the resolution of all this is that European governments need to do more to help European people uh, take advantage of that disruption and not and, and work out ways that they can take people along with the disruption in order that European citizens and consumers and businesses get the benefit of digital and not try to put up barriers to it and block it at every turn. Since you're talking a lot about disruption, is it fair to say that one anxiety comes from the fact that so many of these companies who are disrupting uh, are US tech companies as opposed to European tech companies? First of all, is that an accurate statement? Uh, and secondly, uh, are European citizens justified in feeling anxious about US technology? Um, I think in some parts of Europe it is a concern that the, the companies are um, not their national champions. You know that... Uh, in uh, in Europe, we have a number of different philosophies at play. Some feel that uh, if the if the car you're driving is not been made in my country, then you know then there's something there's wrong with that. And there are others who don't think that at all, and they think actually I just want the best tools for the job, and I don't really care um, where it comes from. And I think there are different economic models at play here. Some that say, well, you know, we want to make sure that the companies are owned by. Uh, this country, and there are others who say, well, we're agnostic about the ownership. What we want to try to do is make our country an attractive investment um, destination. So regardless of who owns the company, we want that company to be here, to be active, to be investing, to be paying taxes, to be employing people. So, you know, you've got these different uh, models at work, and there's no doubt that um, some parts of Europe that would have more of this... Uh, if it's not made in my country, it's no good attitude, then I, you know, or where that philosophy prevails, um, then they're, they're the ones that are going to be concerned about the disruptors of their industry coming from somewhere outside their national borders. And I think that, you know, that is really what we're seeing. We're seeing disruption, and what's more, disruption by something that's uh, not, as it were, made in my country. On, well, not on that theme, as you know, there's a pretty widespread view, partially maybe based on just intuition, that uh, people think that uh, U.S. tech companies are so much ahead of the curve in this area and that Europe is always playing catch-up. Again, is that a fair assessment? And if so, what can Europe do to uh, nurture and, and encourage its own European tech companies? Well, Adam Smith, I mean, paraphrasing, said we should all play to our strengths, shouldn't we, really? And So what uh, are our strengths in Europe? So, well, I think the vast majority of the advantage to Europe of digital is taking our existing fantastic enterprises, our stock of enterprises in a wide variety of fields and our public services and making them more globally competitive, productive and competitive by using digital technologies to best effect. So uh, we want um, European pharmaceutical um, industry to be the best of the, in the world. We want uh, the European car manufacturers to be as uh, productive and competitive as we can. So, we, And we want our public services to be uh, as good as possible. We don't, I don't, we don't have to make all the tools that we use. Um, you know, when we're digging holes in the ground, we don't have to be making uh, all the picks and shovels ourselves. That's not to say I don't think we should have a incentives to try and invest in those industries ourselves and indeed we do I mean if you look at um, apps developers in Europe I think we have the biggest community of apps developers anywhere in the world so uh, you know we want to be 
we want to be in Europe a place that's a great user of digital technologies to improve our social and economic progress, as well as being an attractive place for uh, digital companies to start, thrive, grow, and also for global tech companies, wherever they come from, China, US, wherever they come from, to invest on these shores. So, you know, I think that's that's the right debate. The right debate is how do we get Europe to take advantage of digital tech and how do we get Europe to be a great place for digital tech companies to evolve? And I think the... Um, What's the nationality of a particular company or other is is a an irrelevant uh, debate and and distracting, and we we should be concentrating much more both on taking advantage and being an attractive place to grow and attract investment. Okay, so how big an obstacle in creating this uh, single market are, are the myriad um, standards and the absence of interoperability in systems uh, in Europe? Is that a huge issue, or is it something which is t- perfectly tackleable? I don't think it's a huge issue. I mean, the, the industry generally, I mean, particularly the tech industry, has been very good at coming together and um, developing practical, pragmatic global standards for all the things that we care about. And so I, th- I think the, um, the idea that the industry can't create the standards that it needs uh, in order for industry to progress. I, I don't really understand that, where that idea comes from because I think the track record has been that we've been, uh, we've been quite good. And if, if there's an argument that, that says, oh, well, you know, if European companies could, uh, if, if we could control the standards somehow, you know, then that would be to uh, our advantage, then I would say, well, these are global standard-setting organisations. I mean, everybody's voice is equal in them. Uh, get in there and, and stake your claim. So... If you're thinking about areas where there are, say, emerging markets like um, the Internet of Things and the application of technology to the factory floor, then European industry needs to be in there helping to set the standards that it wants to see that would be useful for those industries. You mentioned the Internet of Things. People talk a lot about it these days. What exactly, what is your definition of the Internet of Things? Um, More and more... Uh, device, devices will be able to communicate directly to each other. So, um, I don't know, a production line will be able to tell the stock control room um, what it's planning to make over the next um, eight hours, or it, indeed, you know, a particular a, a particular part of the production line can communicate its status to somewhere else in the production line, somewhere else in the supply chain, maybe outside that factory. So. Things can talk to each other in an industrial context in order to help other bits of the process to make better decisions, either make stock available, make room available. You know, the decisions about the process can be automated. In many ways, this isn't new. I mean, technology in process, uh, in process engineering and in process manufacturing has been around for a, a long time. Um, and I think it's just becoming uh, more widespread. So it's about uh, inanimate objects communicating e- to each other, passing information that enables decisions to be made at other parts of the in other parts of the supply chain and starts of the process. Okay, I keep hearing that uh, Europe might have or could develop a lead in the Internet of Things. Do you agree with that assessment? And if so, why we could be lead in that particular area? Well, because. Um, in a number of countries in Europe, we have very good advanced manufacturing. 
Um, and as those companies look at how they can improve the efficiency and effectiveness of that manufacturing process, it will naturally lead them into the using digital technologies like the internet to connect their things together. And so, you know, we'll, we'll gain some leading experience. And, and by, as a result of, leading, of that leading experience, uh, there's no reason why others in the world wouldn't turn to us and say, how have you guys been doing things? Or we become leaders in the standard setting for it, you know, back to what I was saying a, mo a moment ago. So if we can, if, uh, if European companies take the lead in those standard setting for it, um, then we, we can uh, become a leader. Okay, one final question on the politics of the digital single market. Um, clearly, the, the Commission has got its head around this strategy and invested a huge amount of uh, brain power and resources to producing the strategy we've been talking about for the past few minutes. But what about the political buy-in at the, at, the, at the member state level? Are you reasonably optimistic and confident that member states slowly but surely are buying into this, the need for digital services being uh, and the market being developed? Or do you still see some resistance, hostility in some significant uh, quarters at the national level? My practical experience, I mean, having presented on some of this to some of the ministerial meetings, is that most countries understand, or certainly their industry departments, um, ministers, and usually their economics ministries, uh, they understand the benefits from digital within their country. So they want to apply digital to make their services more efficient, to make their... Um, economy more or their companies more competitive um, they get I think by and large they do get that back to our opening discussion about um, then a European single market a European internal market then there are the normal single market challenges yes I'd like to be part of a single market but I'm not sure I'm able to give up my rules for this particular sector or, or industry and particularly when it comes to services as we know it's, it's been more difficult so I think they get digital, um, but the, taking that step towards, therefore, the single market for digital, I think that will be the normal challenge that we have in, um, in have had in single market um, developments throughout the sort of life of the European project. Thank you very much, John Higgins, for your time. Ah, thank you, Paul. Audio